It's the British Wrestling Experience with Martin, Ollie and Benno. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the British Wrestling Experience right here on Post Wrestling. I'm Richard Benson, you can call me Benno, and here with me today is Ollie Court. Ollie, how's it going? Hello Benno, it's going okay today. Uh, I'm very excited to be back. Uh, I missed the last one, but that just means I've got lots of cakes. Cakes? Takes. It's been about a month since we've had, since you've been on all our episodes. Where have you been up to eating loads of cakes in the last four weeks, or just binging <laughs> on wrestling instead? Oh, lots of wrestling, Champion Carnival. Um, I always make time for uh, K-Dojo <laughs> when it appears. <laughs> so K-Dojo has been, has been consumed. Uh, I noticed uh, when uh, Senior Lariato put out, uh, he did a similar graphic to me, he's, he's the originator, but he put out the graphic of all the shows streaming WrestleMania weekend, and it wasn't, there's was obviously a lot of WrestleMania weekend stuff going on that, that John oh, and yeah. Wei have covered in detail, but there was so much more going on over in Japan as well. I managed to keep up most of, most of the stateside stuff, but it was almost a, a full-time job keeping up with all that, wasn't it? Oh, we have tons of stuff in Japan, tons of stuff in America. I actually did not watch a lot of uh, the uh, WrestleMania weekend stuff just because I'm not really a big fan of the American indies. So, like, <laughs> Evolve and Ring of Honor aren't really my bag. But I did watch uh, all sorts of stuff in Japan, including, like, MMA sort of hybrid of wrestling called Quintet with Kazushi Sakuraba and Josh Barnett, which was really fun. Um, and, like, a different sort of uh grappling <laughs> interesting you weren't tempted then by the uh the daisuke appearances on the uh of all shows over the weekend uh, uh as well i don't know evolve just doesn't do it for me because they put on good matches but i really need that sort of investment there mm-hmm. um i think it's the maybe crowds as well isn't it yeah. it's not it never seems although you know i, I seem, tend to tune into evolve mainly on these big wrestlemania weekends and it is a big flying crowd it's just it, it always just seems a little bit muted doesn't it compared to maybe mm-hmm. what we used to I did check out Bloodsport though with my free fight bucks, <laughs> my fight currency, <laughs> and Bloodsport was fun. That was the sort of thing I was looking for. Yeah, I think uh, GCW were the big winners of the weekend. Bloodsport yeah. was awesome. Janela Spring Break was fantastic. I was sat online still at nine in the morning, having not gone to bed, <laughs> watching that main event between uh, Gonzaga and Joey Janela, uh, regretting all of my life decisions that had led mm. me to that point. But it was it was an experience, and it was worth uh, a few days off. Brilliant. Me. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, we're not, we're not here to talk uh, WrestleMania weekend as far as the American Indies go. We're here to talk about the British Indies, so we're going to give you a bit of an, an update on uh, how our companies did out there. Mainly, we're going to talk about RevPro and their New Orleans show, um, but we'll also have some other news and notes going throughout the show. But first, uh, we've got a couple of big headlines, Ollie, that we'll, we'll get into first and get out of the way. Uh, the big news that, that kind of came out from a, a UK WWE perspective over WrestleMania weekend was WWE announcing that they've got two uh, big UK shows coming up at the Royal Albert Hall in London. They're going to be on the 18th and the 19th of June. Uh, the Royal Albert Hall, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a, I think it's a 4,000-seater. It's a big building for British wrestling going back historically into the 60s and, I believe, 70s. Home of the uh, famous Battle Royal at the Al- Royal <laughs> Albert Hall. Uh, VHS cover that I used to, with the It's the one with Legion of Doom on from 1991. I always used to want that from a collection, but never quite uh, got hold of it. Uh, the, the, the show's themselves though uh no real word on whether they'll be streamed live or taped yet they're the first shows since they did those two in uh, norwich in may last summer with the the famous show 
Ollie with the garden chairs and the uh, of course. strange vibe there with Jim Ross in front of a green screen. Very weird shows indeed. Yeah, they were kind of one-offs, whereas in this case, yeah. Triple H is kind of... He confirmed to Neil Docking at the Daily Mirror it'll be a King of the Ring eight-man tourney with the winner <laughs> facing Pete Dunne. So we're, we're back to a tournament. Uh, what do you make of it, Ollie? Does it, does it pique your interest in any way? The clearly trying to load up the cards there's a lot of uh, american involvement as well but it's been a while since that, uh, mm. that first tournament here we go seconds out round two in the battle <laughs> for britain uh, <laughs> and everyone has fingers in pies um and obviously the the itv news has sort of sprung wwe into action here mm. um and yeah but we'll have to wait and see if this is a more concerted push to make it a bigger brand and make it a regular brand um I do kind of, at this point I hope that they actually do start running more regular shows because the guys they have signed have kind of just been waiting around in a weird limbo not really being used by anyone in a meaningful manner not even in NXT really mm-hmm. so if they can actually start running shows and make you know Pete Dunne the focal point and build a brand around him that wouldn't be too bad, even if it is under, you know, the big evil corporation. <laughs> <laughs> it did seem like they were settled, didn't it, with Pete Dunne doing his regular NXT appearances, Mark Andrews on 205 Live a lot, to the point where Progress have been using that as part of their story with mm. with Eddie Dennis. But yeah, here we go again. I don't know, something about it being at the Royal Albert Hall does give it a bit of yeah. significance. Uh, the pricing, Definitely. though, kind of... There, there's a reason that it's a very you know it's a really really lovely building but it's not a cheap place to run i believe no. the cheapest tickets are 53 pounds they, they to... did something they did a like a triple a sort of show but they didn't call it a triple a show back when lucha oh, underground shit. at the height of it uh and they brought blue demon jr over <laughs> as matt striker would say and <laughs> but that was really expensive i remember looking into the tickets and it was like 70 pounds uh, for just like it? seating yeah it's like, a, so. like we said before there's four thousand seats to fill there as well and like front row go up to about 95 pounds uh, they're trying the they're, they're kind of trying to load their up i believe there's going to be uh nxt north american women's and tag title defenses depending on who has those belts because uh nxt takeover chicago is actually the saturday before they've also uh, put the undisputed era against british strong style six man on there as well what do you make of them trying to i suppose the piling on the american stars mm. here and the <coughs> nxt involvement uh i've heard some people criticize that for saying well it's taken spots away from from British guys, but mm. if they're going to fill those 40,000 seats, I suppose you do need to have uh, all hands on deck. I mean, yeah, it's, again, WWE does the indies, <laughs> mm. um, and this is kind of the, their team that they're rolling with. These are the guys that they hired specifically for this purpose to attract the independent fans and lure them into expensive buildings like the Royal Albert Hall. Mm. Um, again, I'm still sceptical because I don't really watch WWE, um, but it's certainly a step in the right direction, and it gives these WWE UK guys something to do, something to sink their teeth into, and that's all I really want for them, because they're kind of stagnating at the moment and not doing mm. special stuff. Explains, doesn't it, why they, uh, since our, our last show went out, actually, I think while we were recording, we weren't aware of it, Zach, Di- Zach Gibson has uh, signed yep. up and uh, did some access shows over WrestleMania weekend. I suppose it explains why they've signed him up. I expect there'll be a heavy use of uh, progress guys on this show. Maybe not so much ICW, they were strangely missing from the uh, the access shows, which was a little bit weird. Um, but yeah, I think the, I mean, the Zach Gibson signing for one was the biggest uh, red flag for me as, as rumour of that started to come out with a five-star wrestling's demise and mm-hmm. we all kind of i kind of 
raised my eyebrow a little bit when this WWE UK news came out over WrestleMania weekend, and then, as you alluded to earlier, Ollie, as the new, the second news story we got here this week, <laughs> ITV World of Sport, uh, Dave Meltzer uh, reported in the Observer newsletter that uh, the talents that are uh, apparently still under ITV contract, I don't know who would be left, <laughs> uh, apparently have been told about tapings in May, with the idea of uh, taping a 10-part, one-hour World of Sport television series. Um, I think they're going to be taping it over a three-day span. At least that's what Meltzer's thought. I mean, this has happened before. They've. Uh, mm. It does sound like they're signing people up. I'd heard a, a couple of rumors from from wrestlers that I know. It could have just been wrestler talk, but it does sound like WWE may have uh, heard those same rumors as well. Uh, what do you make of this? Uh, do you think that the WWE decision is definitely a reaction to this? And what does ITV World of Sport look like uh, at this point? Uh, you know, again, a year and a half down the line yeah. with a lot of uh, the guys that met, they will probably want to go after. They're probably more wary now, wouldn't they, of signing those WDB contracts? Because you'd have to believe if, if Zach Gibson wasn't under ITV contract, WDB would have signed them 18 months ago. So that's probably going to put people off, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's certainly uh, a very big coincidence if it isn't a reaction <laughs> to this news. Um, and yeah, I think it's almost a year since, because they were planning to tape in May last year for like the full series. <laughs> the Jeff and then Jarrett it canceled, uh, sponsored Global Force Wrestling it's, uh, exactly, yeah. variation, yeah. I Yeah, I really don't know what it looks like. Um, and obviously a lot of the guys that they used, they wouldn't be able to use or they wouldn't be coming back. So that, that one-off special for New Year <laughs> may be a bit <laughs> of an anomaly compared to what we actually get. Uh, I, I can't speculate too much, really, to be honest. I think it will still be that very ITV... Um, you know, early evening, family-friendly kind of thing. So anyone expecting, you know, <laughs> the indies on TV, that isn't <laughs> going to happen. Um, but yeah, it depends who they get involved. Um, yeah, think, ha- what kind of it looks like. I think we're gonna have that knock-on effect again of who can work where. I think the the biggest effect I can see happening on the scene here is if the Fight TV do start signing up guys and do the have got their own guys. Well. You can say uh, goodbye. Anyone who signs to ITV probably won't be working the WWE sponsored groups, uh, yeah. Progress, and potentially ICW as well. I think we see the end of that, and I think it does. It just creates these weird political grey lines, doesn't so it? Pick pick a side, wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much it, yeah. And I think there are going to be talents who might think, well, I'm, I'm probably not going to get a WWE contract. Maybe the the people who are left over from Five Star who were hoping and that was going to be a mm. grant to all their hopes and dreams, maybe they'll they'll pin it to ITV World of Sport now, but. Yeah, it's going to be hard to see how it works out. Obviously, no Jeff Jarrett involvement this time. Uh, thank God there's going to be, obviously, no Jim Ross either. There was rumour of Noel Clark trying to get this started up, so I yeah. don't know whether he's involved as well. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess we'll see. I think a lot of it will depend on where ITV place it. I know the first special did just over 1.2 million viewers. Um, I guess maybe ITV might be looking at it, thinking if we could maybe, maybe not the Saturday night time slot, maybe put it somewhere else and still do decent viewers i don't know uh, i guess we'll see um but yeah so i think uh, the summer of uh, 2018 might just be the uh, the brit res wars we were promised last year just uh, <laughs> a little bit delayed <laughs> here we go again uh right well let's move on then to to some news from new orleans uh we did plan to review progress's uh two chapters however they've blamed a, a lack of internet in new orleans for not being able to get those shows up 
uh, press time. I think they've just arrived in Australia, haven't they, for the tour, Ollie? And they've yeah. still apparently not found any Wi-Fi, so the progress <laughs> shows aren't up yet. We'll have a couple of notes from those shows, but we can't review them uh, in detail. But we do have RevPros live and you all in show to discuss. And like I say, we'll get into the results from progress. Uh, but yeah, there's a bit of a news story there as well. Um, Andy Quilden did have some comments on his last mm-hmm. A Squared Circle podcast with Andy Boy Simmons uh, about both RevPro and Progress being out in New Orleans. He pretty much said that he would have liked to have had... I mean, the show we're about to talk about, RevPro Live in New Orleans, all he doesn't have a lot of British guys on it, and Andy Quilden outright said he would have liked to have had more British guys, but unfortunately, Progress and uh, you see, quoted Gabe Sapolsky as, as saying they didn't want to split costs on the visas and stuff, and just outwardly said that the RevPro weren't allowed to use the the uh, the guys that were going to be on the Progress and on the WWN shows. Um, Andy Quilden went on to say that he thought it was a bit stupid, considering uh, they're all supposed to be working together, which is what promotions like uh, Progress have said in public in the past. And he did sound a little bit bitter about the situation, Ollie. I don't know where you stand yeah. on this. I kind of, I think, I think RevPro it worked out in the end because they ended up with a lot more New Japan talent on the show, as we're about to talk about. And I kind of get that it, that in New Orleans there are the two main camps. There's the WWN side and there's the WrestleCon side. But yeah, it's kind of a. I mean, it goes to the two news stories we talked at the start. It's. Uh, these lines that are being drawn and it's uh, already uh, causing some yeah. problems. It it doesn't sound like the best sort of thing, does it? And obviously this caused quite a stir on uh, on the Twitter machine, <laughs> as you found out, Benno. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously battle lines are starting to be drawn and it does seem like that kind of rhetoric of let's work together and be a big happy family and share the pie isn't happening in Britain mm. in the same way that it might happen in Germany because they did something like wrestling Deutschland and there seems to be uh, maybe a bit more unity, at least outside of the WXW-GWF divide, which is maybe a bit more rev pro progress kind of thing. But the, all like the, um, you know, the happy little comments they make are starting to turn into a bit more, <laughs> as you say, bitter. And, uh, you know, I don't really want, you know, a turf war or anything because, yeah. you know, we're all spending money on the same thing anyway, and all the wrestlers are working in the same places anyway. So when something like this happens, it does sort of flare things up a little bit. And I did, I do think it's a bit underhanded to not let RevPro have at the guys. And the same thing with like Club Pro. They bring Mako Setamura over and only use her on the show that they're representing on, on the pancakes and pile drivers. Mm. And people are questioning, you know, why, <laughs> why is this ultra talented wrestler over here and not wrestling on other shows, especially with, you know, all, all, all women shows and the intergender show as well. Yeah. And just n- no room for Satamura on there because Fight Club Pro <laughs> flew her in. <laughs> so yeah. it, pol- politics flared up over WrestleMania weekend and it's it's a shame to see definitely and also the discourse that happened afterwards is just a shit show to be honest <laughs> yeah it's kind of I mean people are very very defensive of progress yeah and, Andy Quilden the is force. <laughs> yeah Andy Quilden was pe- obviously painting progress as the bad guys here I mean I definitely get that there's there's probably two sides of the story if WWE have paid the visas for for progress's guys and progress can't outright say that uh, I suppose they're in, in a difficult position, but yeah, it just it just leaves a bit of a, a bitter taste, really. Like you said, as I did find out on my Twitter with some of those vocal progress fans, and 
I think I think I would guess from the Rev Pro point of view, I think they're probably thinking, well, you know, New Japan, they're on the New Japan side, aren't they? And they've got Will Ospreay and yeah. Zack Sabre Jr. on their side, and both of those <laughs> guys work progress. And I bet you Rev Pro were absolutely fine with that. And you know, I suspect that New Japan were fine with that, as it did happen. So they're probably a little bit better that it didn't go both ways. Yeah. Um, you mentioned there about Fight Club Pro. I mean, that Pancakes and Power Driver show. Doesn't look like, I mean, I know Fight Club Pro were involved, but it's hard to look at the match list on that show and work out which matches are actually Fight Club Pro matches, because, mm. you know, most of their, their talent, uh, the likes of Trent Seven is, you know, he's got a ownership stake in Fight Club Pro and he can't work their own show. Um, it's just, a, it's all just a, a bit of a shame, really. It's a bit of a mess. It is. But yeah. as, he, as he's saying, as Andy Gordon said, uh, it just meant more New Japan guys, which ultimately meant for a better show. <laughs> that, that was kind of the my take as well when me and Martin uh, previewed this this Rev Pro show. I looked at the card and it didn't look unlike a Rev Pro show. I think maybe that says something to you know Rev Pro do do a lot of marquee matches with import guys, but up and down the card every match had at least one guy that you've seen yeah. a few times. It, Apart from Rev Chucky Pro. T, every single and Chuck, Chucky T and Juice Robinson are the only two guys on this card who haven't done a Rev Pro show before. There you go, and they fit in fine as well. So yeah. I think Rev Pro did a really good job of making it look like a Rev Pro show, and I think yeah, they, they ended up benefiting because yeah, they ended up with Tanahashi on the show, and they ended up with you know a, a big draw there from the New Japan guys being there, oh, I mean, and, and, and Ibushi as well. But that Ibushi Osprey showdown was like the sell of the show. Like <laughs> that was what you came to see. That was incredible. Definitely, yeah. Andy Quilden said it himself on commentary that yeah, that's the that's the type of stuff that you fly out for. And yeah, if uh, we'll get into that match in a moment, but yeah, if they yeah. could build something there and, uh, and get Kota Ibushi back again, then yeah, that'd be ideal too. So Repro could turn out to be the winner here. I mean, we'll let's talk about the show itself. Uh, it was. And again, a nice, easy Rev Pro show to watch. It was two hours long, which I couldn't say for every show over WrestleMania weekend. Um, again, very Rev Pro looking show. Uh, even they had Joe Dabrowski, I think his name was, on commentary with uh, Andy Quilden apparently running up and down stairs to get from the broadcast <laughs> booth to uh, to do the announcing in the ring. So it looked like a Rev Pro show as well. Uh, you had Chris Roberts in the, in the refereeing. But the big story coming out of it that I suppose we'll talk about first was the Rev Pro British title match, Zack Sabre Jr., Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, Ishii was a bit of a, I suppose he was a bit of a journeyman in the past who had a certain spot on New Japan cards. It all, it's always felt like in the US and in the UK, he's just that bit more over. I think th- thanks to the bit of the, the boom that New Japan have been having the, the last few years, he feels like mm. one of their biggest sh- stars, especially when they, they export and they, they do these types of shows. Uh, they put these two together and wouldn't you know it, uh, Tomohiro Ishii won the Rev Pro British title. Uh, it is a British title as uh, Andy Quilden also points to that on his podcast a great uh, thing to have to have uh, somebody like Ishii walking around with a with a British belt um, but yeah big news there uh, Ishii now being Rev Pro Champion I saw some people criticising that it came out of nowhere but I love a title change like this I love you know a match like this that on the face of it you might have looked at and well, mm. thought safe Zack Sabre Jr. defence but it's going to be an awesome match we got something of an upset here what did you uh, make of the booking here Ollie and uh, what did you make of it as a match yeah I've, I think the way New Japan Rev Pro have used Ishii has been really really smart um you, you need to be a pretty boy to be a main eventer in New Japan, and mm-hmm. Ishii is basically the total opposite of a pretty boy. He's like my <laughs> less than my height. He's shorter than me, and he, you know, <laughs> look at that face. Yeah, <laughs> Only a mother could punched in the it. face a lot, yeah. Um, <laughs> but he's an awesome wrestler, and you know they know that as well as we do. It's not that they don't push him to the same level as a Tanahashi and an Okada because 
obviously he's capable of putting on those matches, mm. but they just use him in a different way. And that is to put on these crazy matches. And now that they have this sort of global reach, they're using him as, you know, one of the biggest stars overseas. So he can hold a belt like the British title. He the he, same thing as the ROH TV title a couple of years ago. Mm. He's like their ambassador um, who can go over, win a secondary title and then defend it on New Japan shows and put on amazing shows for these companies like RevPro. And I don't know if it did come out of nowhere completely because Ishii has come over maybe a few more times. He's been more regular than some of those other guys. Like I say, working that ambassador role, having these awesome matches, obviously the Chris Hero one, um, stands out, but also the Keith Lee and obviously the rematch, which will probably be for the title now, um, which I think I did call a few months ago. So well done, <laughs> me. <laughs> um, and yeah, just another awesome match here. Ishii just never fails to deliver. Sabres riding really high, and now that he's uh, appears to be full time New Japan, you know, him versus Ishii is an, a, a proper matchup for them. Yeah. Um, and they re- really, really came together well here. They've had a couple of matches before in the G1 and whatnot. Um, so they do know how to wrestle a good match, but I thought this was their best one yet. And I thought the occasion was really, really awesome. Yeah, I heard a lot of people talking about this as, you know, one of the matches of the weekend. And yeah, that, mm-hmm. uh, that G1 match last year between the two of them was fantastic. And it was kind of more of the same, wasn't it? It was Zack Sabre, Pretzel and Ishii. And yeah. Ishii doing what he does best, which is selling um, and selling all of Zack Sabre's stuff. But coming back with, with hard strikes and getting caught again with arm bars, trying to pull out of those arm bars and, and power out and, and strike out, but again getting caught by Zack Sabre. It was just a really, really strong back and forth match where... Again, the story was Zack Sabre trying to make Ishii submit and Ishii trying to maybe turn it more into a bit of a, a strike exchange match. I thought they told a, a really good story and I was watching this, you know, well removed from WrestleMania weekend, knowing the big news story and there were, at, in the closing stretch, there were, there were bits where it felt like you'd buy it as a finish. There, yeah. there were times where, you know, I think Zack Sabre just kept grabbing maybe a hold or grabbing, you know, one of the roll-ups that have finished so many people and Ishii was kicking out and <laughs> kicking out and as the match kind of escalated and Ishii started to get closer with a, a bear kick out from Zack Sabre, I think it was off uh, Ishii's lariat, it started to just feel more and more believable that the uh, the big title change was done and they, yeah. they just made it a big moment in the end, didn't they, with, with Ishii winning the belt and, and uh, like as Andy Q says, says, they're not making it a world title, it's a British title and, and and that's what what Ishii is now, and he, he seemed very uh, very proud to be the the Rev Pro British champion at the end of it. Yeah, he, he hasn't had a singles title in a while, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm happy that he is proud. Um, and yeah, I think it's those those spots that Sabre has established as his signature moments where he catches people out, mm. um, and I think the crowd have recognised that they've cottoned onto it, and it just makes Sabre maybe a more complete wrestler because maybe before. Some of his technical stuff went over people's heads, or like they they couldn't like point to it and be like, "That's a key moment in this match," and recognize it as such. Mm. He's now sort of presenting it in a different way, and I think that's making him pop off like to world class levels. He he really is one of the best wrestlers in the world now. We've been sort of saying that for a while, but now it has truly come to come to fruition. Mm. Um, so yeah, this was an awesome main event to put on um, two guys at the top of their game. Um, and yeah, and uh, uh, Rev Pro seem to be doing very well with these buzzworthy title changes. I know that they're sort of leaning on the New Japan link a lot, 
with the title changes <laughs> that they've been doing recently. Mm. Um, but you know, <laughs> that's okay. If if they are getting sort of priced out of the market in Britain, why not lean on the New Japan link a bit more? Why not strengthen that bond? That's their selling point, isn't it? If the issues they've had in New Orleans come to fruition in the UK and they all of a sudden can't use British guys as well, the New Japan relationship is a big selling point for, for RevPro, isn't it? Um, and also New Japan is really good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, especially for... I'm not complaining. <laughs> for the likes of us, yeah. So you're getting, you're not getting uh, Joe Connors in matches, you're getting uh, top talent like uh, like Tomo Hirishi winning your belt. You can't complain too much. Uh, you touched on it there. I mean, what do you think this does mean for, for Zach? He obviously, over the weekend he dropped the evolve title to matt riddle as well uh, and did say he was stepping away from evolve um like you've said with the new japan relationship i don't think uh, i think we'll be seeing still a lot of zack saber jr but yeah you think it'll well be he's still the tag champion with true he's up against cck on the next show i think this was just a way i guess we'll to see. get the, the the singles title off him because mm. having the double championship sort of limits the card a little bit more so now they can defend all the belts yeah, on that, the York Bull shows. That's it, yeah. And I think he'll have more. I think we'll see him, like, I mean, Osprey is still around, isn't he? So I think he'll, we yeah. could see him having a, a similar schedule for Osprey. And I could see him being maybe unique to Rev Pro, at least when it comes to his indie appearances. Um, obviously, it doesn't look like he's going to be doing any more Evolve, unless, you know, he ends up doing some Ring of Honor. But Osprey's not there anymore either. So I guess we'll see. But yeah, hopefully we see just as much of him in Rev Pro. And yeah, it's, uh, I think it's, it was a really big news story over the weekend. And uh, yeah, Rev Pro certainly grab some headlines and yeah there might be some that the grumble that a big title change didn't happen in the uk but all the eyes were, were on rev pro and, and on yeah. new orleans this weekend so. this was this felt like a buzzworthy moment as mm. did the tag title switch so you know they're booking these titles pretty well i know they're not you know told in laborious stories that happen over months and months and months but the titles feel important and that's all it really needs to be um it doesn't need to be incredibly complicated <laughs> sometimes it is just this guy won a match and he's cool let's <laughs> take a photo of it and yeah buzz come to see the next show definitely yeah people will be paying to come and see she and yeah there's more buzz around that epic encounter match as well with keith lee so yeah can't uh say that's a failure there in any way uh what did you make of the rest of the the card the i suppose the other big memorable match for me was minoru suzuki and jeff cobb um what a weekend for Noru Suzuki. It looked like he only came out for one match, which was this, and then he ended up working the <laughs> uh, the Bloodsport show as well, didn't yeah. he? As a, the best last-minute uh, replacement in the world for Loki, yeah. taking on Matt Riddle. Um, <laughs> it, it's get kind of... An, this is one of those those big matches that I can't recall seeing it anywhere else. Uh, but I think it's important to get to these dream matches first, or at least uh, in the first couple of times as you do them. Um, I thought it was a, a really strong match, uh, highlighted by the fact that the, the Two of them, uh, obviously, both uh, skilled in in amateur wrestling, but obviously mm. Cobb being the bigger of the two, and and uh, Suzuki in the sly, evil way only he can do, uh, winding up Cobb and uh, forcing him to to make mistakes as he went for his power moves. I I thought this was a a really uh, strong uh, match on the card as well, and uh, another uh, one of the stronger matches of the weekend. Yeah, Suzuki's just he's come off a terrible year last year with all these silly Suzuki gun interference matches. And has has become a star this year again. And obviously that Bloodsport appearance was really up his alley. Obviously the Pancras link. And they sort of worked into that here as well. Like, as you said, it wouldn't have looked too far out of place on an ambition show or something. Mm. Um, and I, I appreciated that. Like, this was a really nice addition to the card. And actually, all four of the, the last four matches on this show, I really, really enjoyed. The, the six-man tag, I thought, 
um, was excellent. And exhibition-y, yes, uh, but the Osprey Ibushi stuff was phenomenal. Like, that was probably the moment of the weekend if you saw it alive, because they really haven't interacted before. Um, Obviously, they did at the the Mercury Rising, I think... uh, a couple of years ago. That's at, right, yeah. Uh, WrestleMania the weekend. WrestleMania, yeah. But Osprey's yeah. become such a bigger star onto the level of Ibushi now since then that this felt like a major moment and uh, Revfro got to it first, yeah. <laughs> as you say. And they also protected the match up in case it does happen down the line. Um, it kind of felt like... Like doing it in a six-man, yeah. Yeah, they didn't go too far either. I mean, Osprey had so many matches this weekend that he's not going to go you know, full speed anyway. But they, they can't, it did feel like they'd have another gear in a singles match. Yeah. Exchanges for, to, between the two were cool. There was a point where they both hit a, a double Pele kick on everyone else left in the match mm-hmm. and then kind of squared up, didn't they, and went through a few slick exchanges. Um, but yeah, the, the, they... The big tease here in that six-man was for uh, a singles match between the two. Do you think we get it in Rev Pro? Do you think it's something they do? I can't... I don't know if I can see it happening in New Japan. Um, it's whether you, you can class a Ibushi as a, as a junior or not. I think this feels more like maybe a match to the building for Rev Pro. I don't know what you Yeah, think. I, I don't think it would happen as a singles in New Japan, at least not yet, unless they have heavyweight ambitions for Osprey. Um, but yeah, like as you say, this was sort of a taster for more to come. A really fun exhibition, all action, exactly what you want, really. Definitely. What did you make of uh, Juice Robinson and Hiroshi Tanahashi in Aussie Open? I mean, I can't believe I'm re- just looking at my notes, <laughs> reading that sentence. Uh, Aussie Open in a match with Hiroshi Tanahashi, it yeah. kind of speaks to our, our nuts WrestleMania weekend. Aussie it? Open are having a hell of a year. Oh, yeah. My. yeah. <laughs> this I mean, was a great opportunity for them. This is kind of, yeah, the culmination, isn't it, of all their hard work. I, I did feel like there was a couple of awkward moments with Tanahashi when he was playing the babyface in peril in this tag match. It was like he didn't quite know what some of Aussie Open's offense was some of their more complex stuff but yeah it was kind of it was cool to see wasn't it and uh kind of again puts the uh, exclamation yeah, point on a year for aussie open carl fletcher's having <laughs> a hell of an early career getting to work alongside mark davis and have all these crazy matches against top top talents mm. um and yeah just another super slick match from aussie open um and tanahashi and robinson bought the star power yeah <laughs> again really Really, really fun, and all four of those matches, the, the two undercard matches, Star and Stone, Brooks and Cage, were okay, mm-hmm. but, you know, I don't really remember anything about them, but these four matches all had big stars in them, and they all really stood out on their own merits, so, yeah, really top-notch show from RevPro here. Yeah, they're the four that ended up on the New Japan World as well, so if anyone's yeah. a subscriber today, you can check out those four. But yeah, like I say, the, only, the Star and Stone, really only memorable for me, for Star continuing to do in his, his heel stick in, yeah, uh, in Rev Pro. Yeah. It is fun, yeah, we, and he's turning his, uh, his, his opening uh, promo into a into a heel spot, which is, is great. Uh, and yeah, Brian Cage and Adam Brooks was a, a good match uh, between you know, two talented wrestlers, but yeah, I don't think, just think with Brooks, uh, we've seen very good matches from him and good matches from him, but not great matches from him yet. Um, but again, yeah, we need that Osprey match that they mm. built up to, to really sink his teeth into something important. Yeah, something like that, a big exhibition match in Road Pro, I think that'd, that'd do him good. Um, but yeah, I think there was a lot of shows over WrestleMania weekend and the ones that weren't live can get a little bit lost in the shuffle. I can't imagine mm-hmm. many people are going to be going out the way to watch some of the stuff that came out the weekend, the CZW show or Beyond Wrestling or Pancakes and Power Drivers is another one that I'm hoping to get to at some point, but there was a lot of wrestling going on. But yeah, definitely don't this, let this one slip. And as I say, you can see the, 
the big matches on uh, on New Japan World as well, so there's uh, no real excuse there. Uh, elsewhere then, uh, over the weekend, as we mentioned, we can't review the Progress show, but uh, as far as news and notes coming out of the two Progress shows, the Bourbon uh, is also a biscuit, so the Mardi Gras uh, named events, uh, one of those names being better than the other, in my opinion. Um, they were both pretty, they were both advertised as chapters, but looking at the cars, they didn't really feel like big chapter shows. Um, there was a couple of strange matches on the shows the thunder bastard match that they had was just uh, the the list of names that you'd read out in that thunder bastard match were just like uh, these uh, me and martin were talking about them on the last show no, not many progress names in there jeff cobb won the thunder bastards uh beating austin theory chris brooks darby allen uh joey janela um Maxwell Jacob Friedman, Paro. I don't know if you're too uh, familiar with Paro, uh, Ollie, and Ricky Shane Page. And by virtue of that, Jeff Cobb went over to the the second night to uh, to lose to Travis Banks in a title match. Just not a hugely newsworthy uh, couple of shows, really. Mm. But it sounded like they they drew pretty well, and it sounded like they they had a, a good crowd for the weekend, if not as loud as uh, as last year. I mean, is there anything in these cards that's that's jumping out at you? So I really want to well, see that. One match, of course, Walter versus Zack Sabre Jr., because every time they go in, it's always a show, um, even though they pretty much completely telegraphed the result of it <laughs> beforehand. Um, yeah, I definitely want to check that one out. As for the rest of it, yeah, like you say, two weeks removed from it, I don't particularly care. and <laughs> It all seems not that important and kind of inconsequential, so... Walter versus ZSJ will at least uh, get me onto that second show. The the, the better titled Bourbon is also a biscuit, um, <laughs> but I yeah uh, I'm not I'm not too sure about these shows to be honest. Um, and like like I say, I'm not really up on the American Indies, so you know all these names like Paro and Ethan Page. I quite like Ethan Page actually, but uh, <laughs> um, to, just to discount my point. But yeah, all these names I'm not too familiar with. I'm not really bothered about so that's their wwe entire i know um but that isn't really attracting me to it no yeah i think it just it feels like uh i don't know the shows would be maybe better titled as just progress live shows um that tends to be what they, they usually do with these the fact that they name them chapters just felt like more of a, a gimmick to get maybe more people uh, into the building um but yeah a couple of matches and maybe travis banks and shane strickland i've heard a, a couple of reports that that were raving about that match as well i'm, I'm a bit of a completist so i'll be end, end up dragging myself through yeah. the, uh, the two shows <laughs> but yeah just a an odd one that it's taken so long to come out but interesting that you know the problem there is progress are uh, traveling about they've uh, got shows coming up uh, this weekend they're over in australia and they've got a lot going on at the moment uh in the build to uh to super strong style 16 so i guess we'll uh we'll see when those shows land on vod as well and uh and uh, see what the uh, reviews are coming out of there uh also then uh, today we've got a couple of uh news notes uh, that we'll go through before we uh close things up uh one big news note that i do want to get to because uh, ollie you were away last time and didn't get to talk to me and martin about this uh john klinger uh returning mm-hmm. to the german wrestling federation promotion uh doing a run-in in a, a 3 match with pascal spalter lucky kid and dover it was uh 
it, him attacking Lucky Kid kind of gave me some pause. Obviously, the big news is that uh, that Bad Bones John Klinger is out of WXW. Uh, I don't know if you've heard anything, Ollie, but when we last talked, myself and Martin, there's no real reason being given for why he's not in WXW. But uh, can, can you maybe place for people uh, the significance of, of Klinger yeah. leaving WXW and well, maybe the significance of uh, GFW, GWF, sorry, in the uh, in the German wrestling landscape? He's been wrestling for WXW his entire career since uh, 2006, I believe, or maybe even earlier than that. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, he was one of their main men, their company guys, basically. And just suddenly getting suspended and out of the company, written out of the storyline, uh, the tag belt taken off him. Yeah, it was hugely significant. And yeah, we still don't have any explanation. So it was very surprising in uh, WXW regrouping the Rise faction. Uh, rather unfortunate that they had to cut the story short, but uh, whatever reason they had uh, <laughs> is unknown as of this time. But yeah, GWF saw a window of opportunity, and they are trying to capitalise on this extra buzz that WXW is starting to get mm. outside of Germany, and I thought this was an excellent angle in order for them to do that. Um, and obviously attacking Lucky Kid, going for the Rise pose, stopping taking off the hoodie and then revealing the we are gwf shirt classic wrestling <laughs> uh language there um yeah i really enjoyed that and it was ve- it felt very very newsworthy um that leaning heavily into that rise link with lucky kid um and it will be interesting to see what they do they're gonna have to book around him now because he's the biggest star that they have out He's exclusive to them, basically. So <laughs> that will be very interesting to see how that develops. Do you think him turning up in GWF puts to bed any any talk of this being a story or WSW <laughs> trying to work the sheets? If it is, it, it would be very, very surprising. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's not really how they operate either. Um, so I don't think so, no. But I'm nine. I'm that's still like a one percent chance. I'm giving, <laughs> that's what's happening. You never oh, know what WXW completely, so completely. <laughs> yeah, it was just the fact that he attacked Lucky Kid. I know they've they've weaved that into the story. That I think he said in his promo afterwards, didn't he? That he'd gotten Lucky Kid jobs uh, everywhere else he'd gone, um, and he was just upset that Lucky Kid hadn't got him in the door at GWF. Um, so yeah, it would be surprising if they were working uh, in conjunction with uh, with WXW. But yeah, I guess uh, I guess stranger things have happened. But uh, yeah, it's something we'll uh, we'll monitor. And uh, I guess we'll wait and see. Um, another news note then: uh, Pro Wrestling Noah's Kano is going to uh, Frontline Wrestling uh, on their debut event, Build Me an Empire. If you don't know what Frontline Wrestling is, <laughs> it's Will Ospreay's Puro Fed. Uh, you know because there's Japanese rest, uh, writing on the on the logo, and the, they call the the wrestlers warriors. So it's it's a Japanese promotion. <laughs> um, they're running at Stratford Circus on the 28th of June, and it's their big Davies show. So it it makes sense to to bring in a name. Obviously, Osprey uh, does see, have connections in Japan. Uh, we saw Marafuji do Lucha Forever last year. Um, what do you make of this? Uh, I, I believe you're you're a big fan of him. I've not seen a lot of Keno. I kind of fell out of pro wrestling Noah in about 2009 in 2010 <laughs> they do seem to have they had a little bit of a resurgence i know the the match that he had with with eddie edwards was, was highly praised uh what do you yeah. make of uh, them bringing him do you think he'll be a draw and what do you make of them putting him against chris ridgeway here well they've already gone one better than lucha forever by having an actual japanese guy on the show um <laughs> that they're presenting they never as had british a Mexican, did they? Not no, what they did. i don't think they even got <laughs> el Ligero in they didn't even go that far <laughs> 
they had El Mofo. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. I suppose that counts. Um, but yeah, Keno is awesome, and uh, well, <laughs> we'll talk about that Noah connection in a minute. <laughs> um, soon to maybe not be so Noah connected, <laughs> Keno. <laughs> um, but yeah, that should be really awesome. And him versus Ridgeway is a really good matchup. He is that kind of hard hitting, proper, you know, strong style stuff. Not any of this, uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> wants to be strong style now so at least they have made an effort you know they've got the katakana writing for the <laughs> the guys so at least they have one japanese person on there um so you can't label cultural appropriation at osprey <laughs> um and yeah it's a, it's a great matchup there what do you think of the one of the prospects here for frontline they're using a lot of lucha forever talent that debut show's got yeah. travis banks on it aussie open cck a lot of the usual kind of suspects as well as you know people close to osprey the likes of adam brooks and b Priestley, tony storm um do you think can you see it going better i mean if lucha forever fell apart because of apparently money issues and apparently issues that will osprey didn't know about are you any more confidence on, on will osprey uh running a promotion by himself uh, <laughs> well he's going to be in japan quite a lot going forward doing research so running a running a company in britain <laughs> while working in japan seems difficult at best so mm. we'll have to see again but like yeah <laughs> like lucha forever it may not be the best idea maybe he should just stick to the wrestling for now but he's an entrepreneurial son of a gun so <laughs> we'll see we'll see how well he does that's a, who are we to doubt will osprey um i guess we'll see um i suppose you know, you know that you, you touched on it there as well uh as we're talking about uh we were talking about pro wrestling nowhere that in conjunction with ipw uk they've got a co-promoted show over here in september uh it's been a few years since we've uh we've seen Noah over here that the 22nd of september is the first show which is the international super eight that ipw usually do and then it's the 23rd of september which is the the mm. noah show um do you think there's going to be political issues there what do you make of uh noah and that this uh ipw uk team up uh would you think we're going to be uh, seeing Keno on that show? It doesn't look like it. <laughs> yeah, so it's obviously interesting that Noah uh, affiliating themselves with IPW. I think um, I, it was before my time, but I think they ran with IPW UK um, mm. when they were here last time in 2009. So yeah, I yeah. think that's just a, a long lost connection being stirred up again, which is cool. Um, running alongside the not-so-prestigious Super 8 tournament. Uh <laughs> But yeah, that's really cool to see like a full-on Noah show if they bring the green mat, bring all their guys over. That would be really interesting to see. I'd, I'd like to see what they can do with that. Um, but yeah, Kevno working for a completely unrelated company at three months earlier <laughs> doesn't seem to spell the best of news there. Uh, so make of that what you will. Definitely. Uh, moving on then, a couple of uh, other international notes. Uh, Drew Parker has got his wish. He's going to be in CCW's tournament to death this year on, I believe it's on June the 9th. I guess dreams do come through, Ollie. He's only 20, uh, so we don't <laughs> want to lose him this early. Uh, Jimmy Havoc obviously won the tournament last year, and I covered that for our old show in uh, in great detail. That was one of the uh, the funner shows that I watched last year, barbed wire, trampolines, and all kinds of things going off. Uh, he's a bit of a nutter, Drew Parker. This is the type of thing that he clearly really wanted to do um i can't see him winning it but uh it's cool that they've given him this exposure mm. uh he's probably a name that people aren't uh hugely familiar out in the u.s uh any notes on what you could say people should expect here or any thoughts on this 
Well, yeah, I'm not. I'm not too big on him as just a, a straight up wrestler, but as a as a maniac, he's <laughs> uh, one of the better maniacs in Brit Um He obviously was a star player in the the Death House match, which was the highlight of Fight Club Pro's year last year. Really, mm. um, it's a sight that we're not gonna forget anytime soon of him getting Death Valley drivered off um, a scaffold through. Lord knows what in the ring, <laughs> just just a a disgusting match to watch, and yeah, he's he's certainly up for it. Um, I think he'll fit right in there, and as you say, <laughs> um, they do get quite wacky in the tournament of death. Um, <laughs> so I think I think you'll have an enjoyable watch there, Benno. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll look forward to it. It'll be the one time I'll I'll tune into CZW. <laughs> it's research, Ollie. It's uh, journalistic reasons. I've got to watch yeah. it. We've got one of our guys out there. But yeah, you mentioned it uh, like at the a Fight Club Pro, the the Death House. Uh, that did feel like it was a, a bit of an audition for him. Maybe maybe he was uh, send them that tape out to CZW and uh, I managed to uh, talk them into booking him. But no, he's a great. Even if it, I mean, I, I I like. I think he's young, so it's hard to you know judge him as a, as a complete wrestler at this point. But he yeah. Is some I like Drew Parker. I think he's got a lot of personality as well. Um, the stuff seen him of in Attack and his sporadic appearances in Fight Club Pro. Um, yeah, this could yeah, get his name on his the map. Experience certainly. Definitely, yeah. Everyone always says he looks a bit like Joey Janela, and Joey Janela got his name <laughs> by doing daft stuff in CZW. Yeah. So uh, maybe it will work out for Drew Parker as well. Uh, one other note then, uh, another maybe relates to the first two stories we talked about today. Uh, just thought it was worth noting that, uh, for fans of Impact Wrestling in the UK, are there any? Um, I think there are still some left. Uh, they've lost their, it looks like they've lost their UK TV deal. Um, I did notice online over the last week there have been people looking at the listings for Spike TV and, and noticing that Impact weren't listed there. It'd been exactly 52 weeks since the first airing and we had heard that it was a one year deal. Uh, I suppose all the uh, reruns of uh, Can't Pay We'll Take It Away are probably a bit cheaper than uh, <laughs> having Impact Wrestling on your channel. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? That uh, that uh, Impact are, are a company that, that was so big uh, in the UK a few years ago, and, mm. and here we are at this point where they don't have a TV deal. Uh, maybe they'll renew with Spike. Maybe it's delayed negotiations. They, they seem to be trying to say that on the Twitter, but it's certainly not a good look, is it? And the, the fans that are remaining have got uh, good reason to worry. Yeah, it is a shame. Because, um, yeah, they, they were sort of hyping up the UK stuff. They were running those big shows with Wheel O uh, apostrophe spray <laughs> <laughs> on the explosion. Um, yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's kind of uh, too easy to take pot shots, uh, mm. the whole TNA thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, it's kind of sad because, you know, it means companies like Five Star <laughs> get on TV instead, whereas Impact <laughs> Wrestling is actually quite good. It's just... A bit burned. anonymous these days, yeah. They've just burned people so many times, haven't they? Yeah, the, the right. amount, I've yeah. got a couple of friends who are big Impact fans, and uh, I just it's it's because they've burnt me so many times because they go through this pattern, don't they? Of uh, they get good reviews for the shows. They've got a they did a, a show with Lucha yeah. Underground over Mania weekend. You're either in or out there. at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, and they they've had no relationships, and they they te- they seem to be building up all this goodwill. Uh, Garrett Kidney running the Twitter account seems to help as well. Just that he's putting a nice friendly face on Impact Wrestling. Um, but you still it's it's trusting them, isn't it? Because you know as soon as you start watching it again, something's going to go wrong. They're going to have another change. 
of ownership. They're going to lose a, another TV deal, and uh, yeah, then uh, then you'll end up regretting the fact that you, you spent those weeks watching it. So yeah, bit sad for for, for UK viewers of Impact Wrestling, but I know that uh, obviously TNA have their on-demand service, so I'd expect there'll be there'll be ways for for fans in, in the UK to view the shows in the meantime. And yeah, I guess we'll we'll wait and see. And just one more uh, news item then, Ollie, that uh, came through just as uh, we were about to wrap up here. Uh, came through live on Twitter. Progress have announced for the announced for their Super Strong Style 16 tournament coming up. Uh, they've been teasing all day that they were going to have the return of a WWE uh, name, and wouldn't you know, it's Cassius Ono, formerly Chris Hero. Uh, Chris Hero's uh, or Cassius Ono's been doing uh, over the WrestleMania weekend. He did access matches, didn't he, with, with Keith Lee and Walter. Maybe he just got a taste for the indies and he uh, he wanted to come back. He's uh, certainly somebody I wanted to see um, back on the indies. He's somebody who uh, I was happy that he got the WWE contract, but I was equally sad that we weren't going to get to see him live. Um, but I didn't expect it to happen like this. Yeah, it's uh, a little bit of a surprise. Um, but obviously, I'd, kind of like what we said with Tomohiro Ishii being the ambassador of New Japan in Europe and around the world, this is kind of like WWE's version. Oh, no is not a guy they're going to be using in any sort of star player role. Um, he's really more of a player coach for them, mm. and a guy they can send over in in things like this. He has the indie cred. Um, he has the previous history. So they can send him over with, in moments like this and, again, bolster that bond. Definitely, yeah. He's kind of, I wouldn't say expendable, but he's somebody who, yeah, you can you can send out on stuff like this and, and not worry. Yeah, they're, they're not going to worry about him dropping a fool to <laughs> whoever the hell. Exactly. Uh, watch that though. It'll end up being a WWE UK guy that he does end up crashing out to. But yeah, I can't, <laughs> I can't see them being too bothered. And he he's the type of person, isn't he? He's not somebody that they're going to send out, and he's going to have a face on, but having to work the indies, he'll yeah. love this. He'll love being back in the in the ball. Oh, it's it's, 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 it's certainly the smart moves on both parties. Yeah, it is. I yeah, say the ballroom, <laughs> and it's not, is it? It's Ali Pali. Yeah. So that's oh, that's a bit of a shame, but no, I think it, it'll be cool for him to be back in front of a, an indie crowd, and I wonder what he'll be announced as. I suppose he's Cassius Ono in, he's Cassius in the graphic. He's Cassius Ono in the graphic. So, yeah, yeah, that's it. We're not getting... know, f- fully co-opted. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah, so that's interesting. I believe there's one more spot in the Super Strong Style yeah. tournament, but I think people were talking today saying they thought it was going to be Neville. Um, there was a possibility, and there was part of me thinking, oh, that would be really interesting. But no, I think, uh, I think Cassius Ono is uh, an interesting one, and there's definitely uh, some interesting matchups he could uh, have there indeed. Uh, yeah, typical I progress. think the other name might well be a WWE name as well. Um, we'll see. <laughs> Hopefully they, they don't drop this one uh, five minutes after we're done. Typical progress trying to uh, trip us up getting this out. But yeah, there's some uh, late uh, breaking news for you there. Uh, anything uh, else before we go then, Ollie? Uh, anything uh, you'd like to plug or where can uh, people find you uh, on the internet uh, this week? Yeah, so check out my work on Voices of Wrestling. Obviously, the Brit Wrestling Roundtable. As soon as the uh, progress shows come up, we'll be uh, <laughs> reviewing them alongside my Rev Pro show. And also, um, I'll be reviewing the latest WXW show with Walter versus Ilya Dragunov, uh, which is going to be a big one. Awesome, yeah, that'll be massive. Can't wait for that. Can't wait to see that myself and uh, and read and uh, listen to your thoughts, Ollie. Um, yeah, for myself, uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Benson Richard E, uh, and you can check out as well. I did uh, some WrestleMania weekend live streaming over the weekend. I tried to watch pretty much everything, and we bit out of my comfort zone being non-Brit res, but I did a few recap podcasts on the IndieCorner.com if uh, anybody wants to check that out. But yeah, follow me on Twitter at Benson Richard E. Follow Ollie at another Ollie, and also head to PostWrestling.com 
where you can uh, sign up to the forums and leave your thoughts on this episode and join in uh, any discussions that are ongoing there. That's us for this week. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back with Martin in two weeks.